got it locked on Rodeo Radio. Hey, Tony, drop that. What, please? I bet. Dr. Dre in the place to be. Co rocking shit with my homeboy Steve. After Rodeo, get stupid, son. Yo. Don't think that you can get none of Trey The motherfucking doctor The bitch hopper The sucker motherfucker stopper I'm fucked up so don't mind what I'm saying I'm just kicking it But Steve, Tony, A and Susan Yo, we can choose it Dope shit to put in a mix Know what I'm saying? We kick shit like And, and That's a fact And if your shit ain't in a mix You know it's swag And that ain't no bullshit Kicking facts on a serious tip. Word up, Dr. Dre's in full effect doing serious damage, boy. Tony A! Tony A! When you're ready, go. Welcome back, everybody, to Rolling Radio episode 139. And before I introduce my very special guest, I want to give a quick shout out to somebody that drove out to meet me. I was in uh, Denver Friday, Saturday, and earlier today, and they drove out to meet me uh, at the room where I was at. And this is uh, Mile High Maestro. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. And uh, the shop is, and I want to pronounce it correctly, Avis by Eternity. Uh, Eternity is the brand. Commerce is the click. So much love, much respect for uh, the the package that you gave me. Uh, so appreciate it. So, and uh, other than that, I want to give uh, once again a plug to the ads. If anybody wants to buy ads, you can go ahead and hit us at documentary forward slash ads. Uh, and you can see what the price go. People are constantly hitting me up on what are the what are the price uh, go for an ad. So one minute ad. But you want all the information, you got to go to documentary.com and see how you can buy an ad. Uh, it's all there. Other than that, you can email us at rhodiumradio.gmail.com if you want a little bit more info at that, or if you want to submit your music to uh, Rhodium Radio. Most people say, well, what do I need to get on Rhodium Radio? I always tell people this, and I'm going to repeat it because I repeat it every week. Uh, submit your music or videos and a short bio. Give me a little bit of history of yourself, and we'll go from there, and eventually someone from my team will eventually get back to you via email. I know a lot of you guys tell me, okay, I sent it. Tell me what do you think. I'm not going to answer you via DM or inbox. I'm not. Somebody will contact you uh, through the email. So until then, honestly, ju just wait for that email. And uh, uh, other people have still been asking me, can I still watch the documentary? Yes, go to documentary.com and you can rent it there or unlimited streaming for a one-time purchase of, I forgot what it is, $24.99 if I'm correct, the three-hour documentary, or you can watch the one-hour film festival version on uh, my YouTube page. And um, if you like it, maybe you can watch the whole hour or uh, three hours worth. So without further ado, please allow me to introduce my very special guest of the night, Isabella Sol. How you doing? Good, good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how is your weekend going? It's going good. Oh yeah. What, what is that that you're drinking? It looks a little interesting. Oh, it's uh, truly. I'm cutting back on beer because I was gaining a little bit of weight. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Can you speak a little bit closer to the oh, mic? Oh yeah. <laughs> I told you everybody always leans back. You're right. All, all good. So let, let me tell you something. Uh, other than your weekend going good, I know that there was, last night there was a fight. Do you like boxing? Um, mm, not really. It's, what about sports in general? Um, probably just basketball because I basketball. played it in high school and um. 
I'm a fan of the Lakers, but that's okay. probably the only one. Are you any good at basketball? Um, I, I hoops. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was a shooting guard. I was okay. I didn't have handles, but uh, I had a really good aim. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and other than that, now I know that you sing. Yeah. And you also rap. Yes. But singing comes first. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now uh, let's back up a little bit and let me ask you a question because I I want to jump right into this interview. Uh, and I like to ask this question because my thing is it helps me to see and it helps the audience to see what shaped and molded you to become the artist that you are today. Like, for an example, what type of music did you grow up with? Like, what would your mother, what would your father play as a little girl growing up? Well, I was raised by my grandparents. Okay. So I listened to a lot of Spanish oldies because of that. Um, I'm Guatemalan. And so we would listen to like marimba, which is kind of big in, in Guatemala. And so I grew up listening to um, like the Senora music, like, you know, the Marco Antonio Solis, Rocia Durcal, and uh, Leodan. Leodan was like the first artist who, uh, his music I started singing like at nine, his karaoke music. And Los Temerarios, uh, Los Tigres del Norte. Okay. Yeah. So, so predominantly like all Spanish. <laughs> yeah. That's, okay. that's kind of what I grew up with. And then eventually, once I started listening to English, I was really into R&B, uh, which is why that's kind of what I started singing R&B music because I loved Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston and Celine Dion. That's when I started kind of developing my own taste in music, aside from okay. my grandparents. Okay. Now, uh, um, growing up, did you play any instruments at all? Um, the acoustic guitar. Yeah. Uh, and do you still play that? Or no? uh, I actually stopped. And it's, you know, a guitar. Well, I mean, an instrument is kind of like a language. If you stop speaking it, you kind of uh, stop knowing how to play it. So I did uh, grow up playing the acoustic guitar, but I stopped and then when I went to Santa Monica College, I picked up the piano because I took like a couple like music classes. So then I started learning how to play the piano more than the guitar. Okay. Yeah. So where originally are you from? Like, like, what did you grow up at? Um, I grew up in Los Angeles, South Central to be specific. Yeah. Okay. And you didn't move around as pretty much where you stayed? Um, yeah, for the most part, like when I was a kid, it was mostly like K-Town, Koreatown. And then pre-teens, teens, it was um, South Central. And then I like moved to Hollywood for like a couple years because I went to Hollywood High. And then I went back to South Central. That's honestly where I feel the most comfortable, to be honest. South Central. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. like what I feel like most. In the concrete jungle. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Anywhere else I feel like out of place. Maybe because that's where I've been like most of the time. What, what elementary and like junior high school did you attend? Um, so my elementary school was Wilshire Crest. Um, that's when I lived in K-Town and that was like by La Brea and Pico. Um, and then my middle school was Los Angeles Academy, which is like by Avalon in 56. That's when like shit got crazy. <laughs> that's when I was like exposed. <laughs> Were you a smart kid? Um, yeah. Really? Yeah. You, you wouldn't even be able to tell, huh? No, <laughs> nah, but um, yeah, I honestly, I thought I was gonna end up going to like a UC or, um, cause we had like small learning communities in high school. And so I was like in SAS, which was like the school for advanced studies and everyone there kind of went to like really good schools. And then I kind of just, I was kind of mad that I, I felt like I had wasted, um, three years in French when I could have spent three years in 
choir and been like a magnet student instead. Right. But I didn't want to disappoint my grandma. She was very strict. I did end up moving out like at 16 to live with my real mom. And that's kind of when I was able to be a little more of myself. But um, I, I kind of did grow up in like a strict household because uh, they had like old school views and a lot of things. Yeah. 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 You, you know, it's funny that you bring up like French because even when I went to like high school, everybody wanted to learn French. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> okay. And here's the crazy part. Where am I going to speak French and who am I going to speak it to? <laughs> That's true. It's a sexy language. It's good to know. <laughs> I mean, I think Spanish is a sexy language. Honestly, though, that's true. <laughs> like, if you say, you know, amigo tanto nada, <laughs> all depends on how you say it. Yeah. So. Luckily, I'm fluent in Spanish as well. So, right. Okay, yeah. Good. Now, are, are you pretty good in French? Uh, no, I'm decent. I kind of stopped speaking it. I know, like, just the basics. Like, if I go, I can tell you, like, je m'appelle Isabella Sol, uh, como tu t'appelles, like, what's your name? Or enchante. Like, nice to meet you. Just like, you know, okay. basics. I know a little bit like French fries, <laughs> French toast, <laughs> French kiss. I mean, that's like the French. That's like the most important like, right, French that you should know anyway. So. Well, that's hood French. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, so, okay. So now let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. uh, what does Isabella do on a weekend, especially since there's COVID? Yeah. And you can't really do shiznit. Yeah. Um, I like to read. I okay. like to read a lot. Um, and that's actually, you know, something I would want to do would be like write a book as well. Um, if I wasn't pursuing music, I'd probably be pursuing writing. Okay. Because um, like I always really liked English and I always really liked writing. I'm a big fan of Stephen King. I know you like horror. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I love Stephen King and his books. And yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big reader. I like to read. I also like to work out. Um, I like to run and work on abs. And I think that's that's work work on my stretch bands. You say on work glutes. on abs. Yeah, work on abs. That's what, I, yeah, I feel like that's what I'd be doing during the day. And then like at night, I'll probably like Netflix and chill by myself and have like a drink. Uh, uh, truly, yours truly. Yeah, a truly. I've been on an, um, a margarita phase though. So okay. I'll either be drinking a margarita, uh, watching a movie. A scary movie, my okay. favorite, um, or truly, yeah. Okay, now I gotta ask you about scary question. Yeah. Uh, if you could top three, your favorite, your top three favorite scary movies. Ooh. Okay. Um. It's so funny. I saw Chucky and I was like, oh my gosh, Child's Play two. Mm. I I remember being in third grade, running home to watch Child's Play two. Uh, the second one specifically. Right. I've seen them all. But something about the second one. That's the one where there's like the factory, right? Yeah. Right. So something about like um, him like getting burned in the acid was just really um, cool to me. <laughs> Is that the one where he plays hide the soul? Remember when, when he lays hands on somebody and he transfers his himself? Yeah, but this is the one where he still chased Andy, the little boy. Okay. He's like chasing him and they're basically at the factory where they build all the Chuckies. And so that's my favorite one because there's so many Chuckies everywhere. Um, <laughs> it was interesting to me. Um, and then I also like, um, darn, like most recent, I'd probably say that it's not that old. I really like Insidious just because of like the plot twist. And then the other ones are also really good, like the Insidious 2 and, and 3. So I'm a big fan of Insidious. Um, which other one? 
I really like Pet Cemetery as well. Pet Cemetery, the old one, the old Stephen King. Uh, one? the old one, yeah. yeah but I saw one. the new one, and it's not bad either. Really? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind it, but um, if I had to choose, definitely the first one. What about The Exorcist? Um, not bad. Yeah, it's it's not bad, but probably not one of my favorites. It's just there. Oh, okay, now tell me why. T tell me. Okay, let me tell you something. <laughs> I grew up watching that shit. That shit fucking traumatized me. Really? Traumatizing <laughs> me. You know, now I, I have to tell my son this that I go, look, Mijo, you have to understand this movie came out in the 70s. This movie was like 20 years ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nobody ever did a movie about somebody possessed by the fucking devil. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody's gonna stab themselves in the. That's probably why yeah. they traumatized you. <laughs> it, it did. Like, it, it, was, it was fucking creepy. Mm -hmm. And then her jumping on the bed, you know, and I had a cheap <laughs> bed to begin with. So, every so you hear noises? Yeah. <laughs> So every time I heard a spring, I wait. You'd be like, the exorcist. Yeah, and my mommy just scared me. Said, te va a meter el diablo. Oh my gosh, she's so mean. Yeah, so I'm like, fuck, I can't escape. So that movie traumatized the hell out of me. Really? So I can't see that. And then, you know, you never heard sounds like, Ugh. That's true, so yeah. Like, no, it's good. I liked it, though. But it, uh, yeah, probably not one of my, what about Jeepers Creepers? That one was cool. Because people, people told me the same thing about Jeepers Creepers. They were like, you're going to be traumatized. You're going to be scared. It's a scary movie. And then I saw it and I was like, it was good, but it didn't really scare me that See, much. See, I'm more of a Michael Myers type of guy. Yeah, I like him too. <laughs> I, I like him. I, I like him better than Jason, you know. But one thing about Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, and Jason, let's be real. If you watch their movies, the only time they kill somebody is when they catch somebody boning somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think of that. It's like... <laughs> If you're not boning, you're safe. So a lot of guys out there are safe. So anyway. <laughs> okay. Playtime's over. Uh, um, what are your all-time favorite comedy movies? Comedy. Mm, I like White Chicks. White Chicks? That was cool. Yeah. I feel like that's that's a funny movie. I like the, the Wayans Brothers okay. and their work. Uh, I, I like their, them, but more when it was uh, A Living Color. It was a TV show back in the days, back when the dinosaurs used to roam the earth. That's how <laughs> so, but uh, I like them. Uh, my favorite one, of course, everybody knows, is Coming to America. They just did a part two. I didn't think it looked that good. I thought it was made like good, mm -hmm. but I don't. I don't think it's good enough to put up there with Coming to America. I've only so, seen uh, bits and pieces. I haven't seen like the whole. Oh, I fucking yeah. love that movie. That, that's a dope movie. Okay, so now uh, let's bring up some hip hop movies. Have you seen any hip hop movies? For example, Eight Mile. Yeah. Have you seen Straight Outta Compton? Yes. Notorious? Yes. Uh, Get Rich or Die Trying? Yes. And then there's a Tupac movie. Yeah. Um, what's the name? Don't tell me. Because I recently saw it. All Eyes on Me. All Eyes on Me. Yes. Okay, now, out of all, all those, 8 Mile, Straight Outta Compton, Notorious, and then you have, uh, 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 which one did I just say? Notorious? Get Rich or Die Trying. Get Rich or Die Trying, and then the last one was Tupac. Movie. Yes. Which was... Your favorite one? You know, it's so funny because my favorite artist out of all those movies is Biggie. Okay. But my favorite movie probably would be All Eyes on Me. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be, I thought that was the worst one out of really? all of them. Really? Yes. <laughs> I thought that was the worst one. Really? That shit was, should have been like on Lifetime, you know. Oh, man. TV. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Okay. I'll tell you a quick inside story on that, okay? Earlier, we were talking about working out and eating right and everything. Mm -hmm. One day, me and my son are working out. And um, it, it, we were doing curls, so I handed it over. So I turn around and see this one guy, and I look at him. 
And I'm like, oh shit. And he smiles at me and goes, it's me. That's what he said. And the I was Tupac like, guy. it was a Tupac guy. Yeah. He's originally from Carson. So he's looking at me and I go, fuck, you do look like his ass. You were like, Tupac came back from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing was, I met Tupac in 1992. He was 19 years old and we were out in Oakland. Really? So, and I told him that story and I showed him pictures of the day that I was there. And, mm -hmm. you know, Tupac took that picture for us. He just didn't want to get in the picture. And he, he tripped out. He was like, oh shit, because the, the whole group was in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I took a picture with him and um, um, I had asked him, oh, like, what are you doing? Are you, do you act or anything? He said, well, doing the Tupac movie. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, I just got back from Vegas. We shot the scene where they where kill him. Died. <gasps> yeah. And he goes, we're not done yet. It's not that big budget, but it's going to be made for TV. So I said, oh, okay. So we were expecting to see like a series. Oh. So what happened was a couple of months later, he said that uh, they were done, but uh, a studio picked it up. Now they're going to release in the theater. So I thought, okay, they got a bigger budget. Since this was made for TV, maybe they're going to like... I don't know, mm -hmm. beef it up a little bit or something. Yeah. And he said, no, they're going to release it just the way it is. So when I saw it, I went in there looking at it like this shit was made for TV. So that's that's something I was going to ask you. Like, do you think that it was it could have been better because you know it could have been better? Yes, I think so. See, I was unaware of this story. I didn't know that it was made for TV at first. And then, right. you know, I now that I know, I'm like, OK, I probably would have walked in or seen it and thought different. Like, you know, they could have done this better or that better. Right, right. But and even he said the same thing that it could have been better. Yeah, uh, that movie was highly criticized, but people praised him for playing a good part. And I believe he played a great part. That might be why I like it, to be honest, because mm -hmm. um, I was trying to think right now, OK, why does he think it was so bad and i'm like okay wait think about the parts you enjoyed and then i'm like when he was performing basically yeah, like i was vibing out when he was yeah. performing tupac songs um he got the mannerisms down yeah. so i was yeah. like okay I, I dig this movie yeah yeah he, he did that he did that really really well now you said you like biggie uh, uh biggie's all eyes on me i mean i'm sorry biggie's uh ready uh, ready to die is it ready to die no yeah. no um the second album god i always quote um, it and i always forget it um, what's the name of the second album? Life After uh -huh. Death. That, it's a double CD. Mm -hmm. Then you got Tupac, All Eyes On Me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Came out around the same time. If you had to choose one, one of those records, which one would you choose? I'm going to get shit for this. <laughs> Life After Death, probably. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that, that's your choice. That's your choice. Yeah. For me, I would have chose, of course, uh, the Tupac. Mm -hmm. And as far as the movies, I my favorite movie out of all those was uh, Straight Outta Compton. Oh, that one was really good. Yeah, I yeah. saw that one at theaters. Yeah. It was it was really my good. second one. My second best one. Some people probably get mad at me because everybody likes Eight Mile. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But that one, I I liked uh, Get Rich or Die Trying, the Fifty one. Oh, Fifty. Yeah, no, that one yeah. was dope too. Yeah, so I like that one. So now let's talk a little bit about who would you say or uh, inspired you to start singing and around what age were you? um i was probably like nine and i'd say i was like really obsessed with mariah carey really yeah like i loved her like um so i'd say she inspired me a lot now, now, now what do you say to people that that say that mariah carey looks like michael myers um i'd say she could still kill you with that voice though <laughs> She's still, that voice is still a legend, you know. She still got her whole catalog going on. Somebody made a meme and they put Mariah and Michael Myers oh, no. side by side, and they no, looked alike. No. And <laughs> I was like, terrible. "Wow, it's one of those things where you cannot unsee." Okay, know? but do you remember how she looked like when she was young? Yes, yes. I, I, I yeah, of course. Remember her first album? What was it? Vision of Love. Mm -hmm. 
you know. And um, but after that, it kind of like changed a little bit. Here's the funny part, and people are gonna hate on me for saying this. There's a lot of groups out there that I know are fucking super talented, mm. but for some reason, I just never liked them. I just it just wasn't for me. Didn't click. It didn't click. I'll give you I'll give you an example. I think they're dope. I think the record sales speak for themselves. I'm kind of scared of you're gonna say. But I was never <laughs> I was never a fan of like Janet Jackson. Oh okay. I was never a fan of Mariah Carey. <laughs> and I could never tell you that they were whack because I would be lying. Yeah. I think they're talented. Their music just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, no, um, that makes total sense. You know, you don't deny their talent. It just their music just didn't and I know a lot of artists as well that you know they're very talented but they their music just didn't do anything for me at least right yeah right like i remember a long time ago somebody kept giving me their music their music and i was like dude i'm not feeling this group and i'll tell you who they are i do think they're talented mm -hmm. i just wasn't feeling them outcast yeah i was really scared of who you were gonna yeah. say and it's, okay, I like, was like, how bad can this be? Okay, okay like when, <laughs> when I first got the first Cypress Hill demo, mm -hmm. I loved it. Okay, and a lot of people told me that motherfucker sucks. <laughs> and I was, but like, it worked for you, right? It worked for me. It worked for me, and look at them now on the Hollywood, you know, Walk of Fame. So, but yeah. it, it worked for me. So different strokes for different folks. But now, um, so you like Mariah Carey? Who are some of the other people that you really dug? Um, at the time, I'm trying mm -hmm. to think, okay, let's see, you're in elementary school. Who were you listening? Oh, Fergie. I really liked Fergie. Um, the one that, uh, Cago el Palo with the national anthem. <laughs> oh, that was horrible. Yeah. But at the time, you know, she, I remember she had Clumsy out, Glamorous. It's when, you know, the Black Eyed Peas were really popular. Yeah, yeah. And I really, I really dug her music. At the time, I thought she was like everything. Wow. Cause I'm, and it, she's the, my hums, my hums, yeah. my hums. You know, funny story. Oh my gosh, just thinking about it is so cringe. If I went to middle school with you and you're watching this, oh, they, they'll probably know. But there was like this sing, <laughs> there was like this songwriting uh, contest in middle school. First place got hundred dollars. Second place got fifty. Third place got twenty five. And you had to make uh, write a song and you had to make it educational. So I used the my humps. Um, I was like in sixth grade, don't judge me. The My Humps um, instrumental, and uh, it was like, I remember some shit like, do your homework, do your homework, do your homework, do your homework. <laughs> and I won second place, I got $50. No shit. Yeah. Oh, I think it was because just people thought it was really funny. Um, Cause I remember it did get a lot of attention. I did it just, you know, you know, not thinking anything was gonna happen, but it, I ended up winning second place. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the national anthem. Yeah. What did you think? Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know how those basketball players were able to keep their composure, you know, that well. Because they were laughing, but it was kind of a situation where it's like you wanted to burst out laughing. Yeah. And they were just trying to smile and play it off. But it was it it was funny. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it was oh man i don't know it was one of those things where she probably felt in her head it was a good idea yeah it was a good idea but no but you know, you know what usually when you have too many yes men around you oh yeah go for it girl that, that's i don't you know what oh man i didn't think about that someone probably told her hey it's a good idea go for it it's different let's do yeah. it and uh, okay i'm gonna ask you this see if you paid attention uh, uh you know as far as national anthems are concerned do you have a favorite one or have you ever seen or youtube or googled a favorite national anthem that you could remember yes uh, my favorite one probably be Lady Gaga Super Bowl. 
Um, yes, it was really good. Like that, that girl can sing, sing. Yeah. Okay. Really Mine, and I want everybody to Google this. You too, okay? When you okay. get a chance. Google Lady Gaga's too, though. <laughs> I, I, I will. Because I, I, I didn't even know she even did yeah, it. Yeah, no, she's really good. She's a pop star, but she has vocals, like, really talented. Everybody's always said Whitney Houston, okay? Everybody's always said it. And, and I've heard it. I, I think think it's amazing. Yeah. But for me, being a guy, you have to listen to Marvin Gaye sing the national anthem. And you know how he did it? Are you familiar with that song, Sexual Healing, that he did? Mm -hmm. He did it in that style. Really? Fucking amazing. I haven't heard it, but I am extremely curious. Oh, I it, will definitely be it, It's fucking amazing. <laughs> but, but I mean, I'm, probably gonna, I'm probably giving up my soft side right now, but that shit made me cry. <laughs> I'm serious. That It was that fucking good. <laughs> it strung some chords, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, and then especially, you know, you see the guy singing, he's gifted, he's talented, he's blessed. And then you find out that, you know, he was killed, if I'm correct, by his pops. If I'm correct. Yeah. You know, it's like, fuck. Tragic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, anyways, other than that, so Mariah Carey was mm -hmm. your girl. And uh, now, at what point would you say that you could remember that you recorded yourself and that you heard it played back where you could say, oh, shit. Do you remember around what, what time, what age you were? Well... I was, I always knew that I liked to sing, but I was very, very shy, like mm -hmm. when it came to singing. So I didn't record myself and hurt, heard myself till I was like in high school. And I was probably like in the 10th grade. And, you know, that's when someone was like, hey, you know, you're pretty good at this or you're not bad. And so I remember I performed. I was like an ROTC and I did the national anthem as well. You were ROTC? Yeah. <laughs> First sergeant. <laughs> I was just full of surprises, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was an ROTC, so I sang the national anthem. And they were like, hey, you know, that was pretty good. And then I remember there was like a fundraiser. Um, I performed uh, and I sang My Heart Will Go On. Oh, so corny by Celine Dion. And that's when I heard myself and I'm like, hey, like if I tune it and work on it and really, you know, put my mind to bettering my voice, maybe I can do something with it. Right, right, right. So probably till high school. So somebody recorded you and then you heard it back? Yes. Now, uh, what was your first thoughts when you heard your voice? Um, I was like, wow, there's power in there. There's really? power in there and you just gotta, you just gotta master that power because, you know, I could tell that... I, there was certain notes that I could have hit better or uh, there were certain notes, so no, ugh, sorry, certain notes where I sounded flat and I knew that if I worked on it, uh, I could sound better. Okay. So yeah. I saw potential basically. Okay. And, and what, what encouraged you to pursue that, to continue to sing? Um, so after I performed at, in that fundraiser, it was like in 10th grade, um, when I heard everyone clapping, I was like, oh, this feels nice, you know? <laughs> so that's when I was like, hey, like, why don't I try going for it or like try pursuing it? And so um, I did, you know, I did what any other person who wanted to sing did at first, which was do covers. They didn't go anywhere at all. Like it wasn't getting any attention at all. Like, like what covers were you doing? Like I would, I would do whatever was like on the radio just to see if that would help. And no, it was like nobody, nobody was. It was just basically people I went to school with their coworkers that were listening. And so it was a bit discouraging, but I knew there was going to be a lot of like discouraging moments. I didn't start 
seeing myself going anywhere with this until I started putting out original stuff, like original music. And that's when, you know, I started getting like a little bit of buzz. And um, I thought that was dope because I figured, hey, like people rather hear something that you do instead of, right. you know, you singing someone else's song. Okay, cool. So we're going to go ahead and press pause right there. We're going to go ahead and take a 10 minute break. We're going to come right back and pick it up right where you left off. Is that cool? Sounds good. Okay, everybody. Make sure you call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know that Isabella Sol is in the motherfucking <laughs> building. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Google Marvin Gaye. Hurry up. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodion Radio, episode 139. And we're going to go ahead and jump right back into it with Isabella Sol. So uh, so we were talking about Jeepers Creepers. No, Michael Myers. No, The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. No, Mariah Carey. Mariah Michael Carey. Myers. <laughs> we were talking about a lot of things. Yes. So now, okay. So you heard yourself in high school. Somebody recorded you singing yeah. the National Anthem. And you were on ROTC. <laughs> okay. And... Um, from there, you said you decided to take it uh, a little bit more serious. Mm -hmm. What was your next step to take it serious? Um, well, I, I took a couple of music classes at Santa Monica College because I wanted to learn like the basics, uh -huh. like keys and stuff like that. Okay. So that, and I took like a vocal class and like an English class because I really liked um, doing book reports. And then I stopped and I was like, okay, so let's hop in the studio and, and do this. And it was not that easy. <laughs> I like hopped in the studio and I realized, okay, so, you know, you can't do this on your own. You need a really good engineer. And um, I it, that's something that I had to like pinpoint and find. And once I did, it was really awesome because he's like my other half in music like we hop in the studio and he it's like he knows what i want he knows what i'm thinking right. so yeah i went to a studio in like downtown la and he was working there and i work with him he mixed and mastered my first ep and my first album basically the two projects i have out and so that's uh, that's when i think you can say i took it serious like i i put my own stuff out Okay, now, now let's talk about your EP. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, what gave, who gave you an idea to do an EP? Was it you? Because most people say, I want to work on an album or yeah. I want to work on a single. What, what, what inspired the EP and uh, who produced it? Or you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Who helped you put it together? Um, so first I took out a single, it's called Woman. And it's so funny because people heard that song and they assumed I was going to go towards the more conscious rap um, direction. But really, it was just something I, I had to get off my chest. It, it was kind of inspired by uh, somebody going through domestic violence. And so I put the single out and people kind of assumed I was going in this direction. And then uh, I was like, OK, let me just drop something short and sweet so that I can have something under my belt and that I can, you know, work with in getting shows and stuff like that. So that's why i decided to go for an ep which was just five songs because i wanted something i'd be able to show to people and so i dropped woman and then i dropped the ep which is called raw and yeah and then i dropped visuals for the entire ep okay now as far as production uh who helped you put that together um his name is taylor he uh he works in a studio in downtown la um he's really good he's really talented and um i believe he was even working with some people from xo um the weekends uh mm -hmm. label so that's pretty awesome that's pretty cool and so i'm just i feel super grateful and blessed that he's 
um, down to work on my stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you pretty much approached him, hey, listen, I sing. I want to do five songs. Yeah, so I took them, because first I took them two tracks that I had recorded, and I'm like, hey, like, I tried working on this with, you know, somebody else, and it didn't work out for me. Like, can you help me? And he was like, yeah, sure. And so he took both tracks. Uh, I remember it was Play a Girl's Anthem and woman and he mixed and mastered them and he added like certain things that that's the cool thing about engineers like they add the final touches whether it be like um little ad-libs or here and there just adding little things in your songs that make it come to life and when i saw that i was like oh my gosh like i was like hey like um i'm planning on working on an ep like are you down to like help me with it and he was like yeah so he helps me mix and master um that whole project and it i feel like it was it was pretty good and so i was like all right i need you for my album too now th those songs did you write all those songs yeah all okay. of them and created the melodies as well i really? feel like that was the hardest part um because i run through like different melodies and i have to choose which one sounds the best and sometimes i record it and it sounded better in my head and then i scrap it and but yeah melodies um uh are fun but they can be a pain. Did the writing, does writing ever come easy to you? Uh, yeah, it does. Writing, I feel like, is what comes the easiest to me, and I feel like the melodies are the ones that I struggle with at times, okay. especially for hooks, because I want to make them catchy. So uh, writing, I've always loved doing it. I started off with poems, and then I started writing songs. But again, like the hardest part is, you know, building a skeleton for the song like right, making right. sure the verses are they good the hook is a catchy do you need a bridge or should we just let the instrumental play out like it's it's hard <laughs> it right, can right. be yeah did you do any any rapping because i know you say you sing first yeah and then you like rap second did you do any rapping on the ep uh yeah i did um i remember my first song where i was rapping was play a girl's anthem i had dropped it on my soundcloud and I remember I recorded it in my room because I built my little studio in there. And I remember after, because that was the first time I had ever rapped, which was probably like three years ago. Because singing I've been doing forever, but rapping, I think about it now. And I remember I, I recorded myself and I heard it and I'm, I started laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh, you sound ridiculous. Stop. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Just put it out. Like, who, who's going to tell you something? Like, just put it out. Um, I only had like a couple of people knowing that I sang. So I put it out and people actually, they were like, oh, hey, this is good. So I was like, okay, like keep rapping, like try something else. And so I did end up rapping, but there all, there's also like powerhouse vocals in that EP with sides. Um, I feel like that's one of my favorites and a lot of people's favorites because it's very like Alicia Keys vibe or Adele okay. vibe. And that's what I thought I was going to be doing, like only. Right, right. Never thought I was going to be rapping and if i were to describe my sound i'd probably say powerhouse vocals with like a touch of like hip-hop well i know it's weird but I, I somehow decided to combine those well that but that's what makes you you know that that that's your sound that that's what you want to do yeah and i think that's what sets you different because you're not trying to sound or be like anybody else that's true you know <laughs> that's what sets you apart mm -hmm. uh we had a discussion here i think my last episode of my boy ralph Fam. we had such a great interview and we talked about uh, music on um, 80s, 90s. There were no two rappers, no two groups that sounded the same. If you did, that would be biting. You're biting somebody's shit. Mm -hmm. You're taking somebody's style. You know, you took somebody's sound. Today, if 
fucking body doesn't exist. Everybody sounds the same. Yeah, with the whole mumble rap. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. everybody sounds the same. And it's like, let's just say you come out with a new style. Like, it's your style. Mm -hmm. Another female says, oh, let's do what she's doing. That shit's popping right now. Mm -hmm. And then you got another hundred females. Let's do what she's doing. Mm -hmm. Now they're just duplicating you, you know. And now we have a whole, if you will, generation of people that sound like one person or Mm -hmm. all sounding the same. And that's why it's very, very hard for me to get into music today. Now, some people say, oh, you're just fucking hating. It's not hating, dude. It's fucking facts. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, today we you live just in don't a- don't like how it works now. Yeah. We live in a generation that, um, that you can't disagree with them or else you're hating. Yeah. Or you're canceled. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, yeah. So, or you're, you're just too old, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like my son. He used to always tell me, oh, you're just hating. Look, mijo, I love fucking hip hop. Okay, when I listen to hip hop, I look for four elements. Sometimes I look for breakdancing, emceeing, uh, DJing, you know, b-boying, you know, dancing, breaking or whatever. Uh, um, and I don't see that in today's music. I don't see those elements of hip hop in yeah. today's music. So it's hard for me to, you know, you, you you got dudes rapping like four word verses, but <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and you know what? And if people like that, I'm cool with it. But when they ask me, do you like it? And you're I say, like, no. no, you're just hating. <laughs> Don't fucking ask me then. You're like, times yeah. are different now. Right. Yeah. You, you cause unfortunately, the crowd does like that, you right. know, because now it's what it's what's popular. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's cool. But here's the thing. If I work with an artist, mm-hmm. my thing is I'm going to develop your sound. Because I'm not going to have you follow, you know, the leader over here. Yeah. Because that's not what's going to set you apart. Mm. If you follow them, guess what? You're just duplicating them. And then when you do have your meeting with maybe your major record label, if they ever give you a meeting, they're going to tell you what makes you different. Well, I just sound just like him. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, there's 10,000 other girls just like you. Yeah. So you have to stick what works for you, you know, and then build your own crowd and, you know, go from there. So the EP drops mm-hmm. it's done what was the the um if you will the the feedback that you the got? outcome <laughs> yeah um well that ep kind of just um set things off i guess you can say uh once i dropped visuals because visuals you know they're really important very very important and anybody who watches my videos they can tell and they know and they see that i do put a lot of thought behind them like i i always have a vision once i start working on a music video of how i want it or any ideas and then i put them together um videos are really important to me so it was once i dropped the ep i dropped visuals for all the songs and then the one that caught the most attention was sides that's actually how i met um my current manager um and that one was what created a lot of buzz and i still feel like that song is extremely underrated which is why i'm going to continue re-releasing it until it gets you know the intention it deserves but that's kind of the one that because the video was so good too like it told a story of like a you know toxic relationship and so i started getting dms of like people wanting to work with me and saying they like my sound and so basically that song from that ep was kind of what pushed me into working with other people and meeting people and what was the name of that song again sides sides yes okay now let me give you a uh Something that you probably already know and something that your manager, I'm sure, already knows. Don't just work with anybody. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, we're aware that it was actually hard for me to 
to work with somebody. I believe my first collaboration was with Young Uno, who you had here. Mm -hmm. um, he was the first person that I worked with on a song because I was just kind of struggling to find somebody who I wanted to right. to work with. And so it took time and to actually decide to to work with somebody. So, yeah. Uh, you know, no, yeah, we're definitely picky with that. <laughs> and, and, you know, the thing is because I know certain females that are on everybody's you know album mm -hmm. and after a while you're just like oh man that girl's on everywhere you kind of get tired of hearing them <laughs> yeah you're just like you just uh, okay i'll give you an example i remember when i was producing my record cypress hill was shopping their deal with our record label and our record label was fucking stupid enough to they passed up on them they passed up on mm -hmm. them so we liked their shit and we were trying to get them on one of our songs when we contacted their management they just said they're not recording with anyone yeah and that's what kind of made them a little bit more like fuck appealing yes yeah so keep that yeah no definitely you know keep that because again you know after this interview i'm sure guys are gonna, hey i want to do a track yeah, yeah send me a verse nah homie talk to my manager you know? <laughs> yeah you know? for so, sure and, and another thing is this honestly know your worth don't do nothing for free yeah don't fall for the old okie doka well you're nobody I i'm helping you get your name out there yeah I'm getting my name out there. You're calling me because my name's out there. Yeah. So if you want my name and my song and my verse on your song, you're going to have to pay me. Yeah. And that's if we say yes. Mm -hmm. So keep it like that because if not, you know, you do it for free, you're going to be the for free girl. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so, and you don't want that. No, no, no. So sides, and, but visuals are very, very important. And uh, we come from a generation that like, for an example, we might have heard a song on the radio. That song was cool. As soon as we saw the fucking video, that shit was bad. Yeah. No, visuals, they're just so important. Like, sometimes people fall in love with the song because they see the video. Yes. And yes. They, it just changes the game. Yes. And that's what I feel happened with, with Sides. There was a song, uh, uh, and I'm sure they'll remember. It was by Coolio, uh, uh, Fantastic Voyage, okay? And when I first heard the song, oh, they slowed the sample too slow. I don't like the way he came off on it. But as soon as I seen the video, I, w I was sold on it. I was like, that's that's the shit. So visuals are very, very important. So keep that up and keep them creative. Yeah. Because most videos today, and I know people are going to say I'm hating, <laughs> but they're going to agree. That's, that's, that's how you feel. That's okay. how you feel. <laughs> okay. This is not in order, but here we go. Um, a girl twerking in slow motion. That's one thing that they always add. Okay. Uh, Dollar bills. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing fake money at the camera. Okay. Uh, uh, blowing weed in slow mo at the camera. Having a red cup with no Hennessy, you know, just like if you got a drink or something. Yeah. And maybe a lowrider. Oh, yeah. Th that's what videos have become today. Mm. And they're probably filming it on a cell phone with a stabilizer. You know? Yeah. Like, and then you check out my new video. Yeah. Okay. I like different, stick to being different, stick to being yourself, you know? So that's why I never just work with anybody. There's people that have asked me, hey man, would you come out of my video? I always say, send me, send me your song first. Oh, just come through, send me your song first. Because I've been tricked, you know? It, <laughs> you go and then you hear the yeah, song and you're like- oh. I hear the damn song. I couldn't even bob my head on, <laughs> on, on time. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, come on, man, get in, get in, get in, get in. No, I gotta go, I gotta go to the restroom. I'll be right back. Haul ass, homies, get the fuck out of here. So, yeah, I, send me the song first. Because sometimes, like, yeah, so, sometimes some of those guys have no business rapping. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, I, people don't like me because I'm brutally honest. 
So hey, we but, need that though. Yes, yes. So so the EP drops. Mm -hmm. How long before you start working on the album? Oh man. I think I was it was like a week after. Now why a week? I <laughs> I, yeah, I dropped the EP and the album the same year. Well, because once I saw it, I'm like, like once I saw that I had a little buzz, I'm like, let's go, you know. <laughs> I was like, vamos recio, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and exactly. then we kept going. Um, and so yeah, I dropped, I dropped the EP and the album within the same year, I believe. Yeah, I believe the EP dropped on April, and then the album dropped in November. Yeah. Okay, now. Who, who did the production on the album? Same, same guy? Same guy, yeah, okay. same guy. So luckily it sounded coherent because it was it was rap and singing. Like now it's like you can, you have a ratchet rap song in there and then you have like a super slow R&B jam. And I remember asking him like, do you think this is all over the place? Do you think it's messy? Do you think it's not gonna sound right? And he's like, no, because it's being mixed, mastered and engineered by one person. He's like, so it's gonna sound coherent at the end of the day. And he helped me, um, like even he even helped me like with the order of the song so that it can still like tell a story and still you know get the message through okay yeah so pretty much on your ep sides which are pretty much your favorite you would yes. say on this album how many songs were, were there uh nine i believe okay, yeah nine and what was the name of the album daddy issues yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a good title that's a good title the funny thing is the the name of the album was split in two songs so one song was called daddy and then one was called issues okay and well, they were right in the middle so they were right next to each other <laughs> and 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 uh, uh what, what was your favorite song off of that that one man okay so the crazy thing about it is that on my ep the powerhouse vocal song <clears throat> popped off cool on this album i'd probably say that my favorite was also the one that popped off. It was it's called Freak, which if you ask anybody, I feel like about me or if they've heard about me, it's because of that song. Like really? Freak. Yeah. And it's a ratchet song. Which is why I'm telling you, like sometimes that's what the people want. You know, and it was crazy because it it honestly came about accidentally. Uh I don't know if you've heard the song Berserk with um asap ferg and big sean mm -hmm. i heard it and I'm, i thought it was so cool how they were going back and forth and then it was hitmaker was the the person who did the beat and i loved the beat i heard it and i was just like wow like this is dope and then i came up with something in my head and i was like hey like i'm gonna put like a little freestyle out like on on my ig just for people and it like it like blew up like people were like reposting it and then i was like hmm, should i like put out an entire song and then I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, let's do it. And then I, I put out an entire song. I put out a visual. That's like my most viewed video as well. Really? And so it's crazy how we went from this to this, you know? And hmm. so that that was, I think, I'd say that that would be like my favorite because it's, it's, like, um, it's like a moment, you know? It's like a okay. moment, okay. that song. Is it possible that you're still maybe finding your, still, your sound in? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I know that if people were to ask, again, I'd say, you know, powerhouse with a little bit of hip hop, because again, I, I grew up thinking I was going to be singing songs like, you know, Alicia Keys, like that's what I was going to be doing. Um, and then I ended up rapping as well. So I kind of like to dabble in both, sometimes combine them. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I still feel like I haven't found my exact sound. Okay, what can fans expect today? What are you working on today now? 
Um, so I have a single dropping the 8th of March. And we're back to, you know, the whole powerhouse R&B style. Um, so they can, they can expect more of that. Because I was like, I'm trying to get back in touch with my roots with singing. Because I'm like, that's who I truly am. And that's right. who I want to continue being. Rap is is fun i like to think of singing as my passion and you know rap more like something that i enjoy doing so i don't want to call it a hobby because i'm hoping you know i can maybe make a career out of it but it's definitely something more i enjoy doing mm -hmm. um with singing it's like i'm more stricter when it comes to the production the engineering the visuals even and then rap it's like hey let's have fun let's make the music video be like a carne asada you know at the park and it'll, it'll still pop off but you know, with singing, it's like, okay, this this song is telling a story. So um, they could definitely expect more R&B, more powerhouse vocals. And I'm also thinking of putting out Spanish music. Uh -huh. So they can expect some Spanish music coming out because I feel like that's something I, I need to do. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. Okay, now let me ask you this. Because I've talked to a lot of female rappers slash singers. Mm -hmm. And and I asked him this question: Have they ever had maybe other rapper females or rap or singing? I guess you know females that possibly been out before them. For an example, have you ever had anybody reach out to you and say, "Hey, girl, you're doing a good job. Hey, girl, you want to collab? Hey, girl, you want to do this? Have you ever had anyone that's out there right now, whether they're a rapper or a singer, reach out to you? And it be a female? Yes. Uh, no, but I have. Like, um, I've reached out to Ray, Monique, um, big fan of hers, and I've reached out to her and I'm, I'm hoping we could do something because I haven't worked with, I've worked with plenty of male rappers, by plenty is probably like four, but um, I haven't worked with a female yet and I'm a big fan of her work and I'd love to work with her. So I reached out to her and, and she said we could make it happen. So I'm hoping it does. Yeah, um, yeah so I'm on the other side for this one. Okay, okay. <laughs> but the fact that she's down and she agreed, it means the world because honestly, like, um, it's it's an opportunity, you know, and I feel like in sometimes in the music, uh, at least the underground music uh, industry, it's a lot about opportunity because yeah. the people I've worked with, well, the the rappers that have hopped in my songs or I've worked with them, like they've been in the game way longer than I have. And the fact that they're uh, willing to work with me, that's all about opportunity and it means the world. Like, I'm like, wow, super grateful that even though they've been doing this longer than me, right. they're willing to give me a chance. And so uh, just grateful. And I'm hoping I, I do uh, work with her. Odd, here's an odd question. Have you experienced any hate yet? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it actually is started a little bit after um, keeping busy and then freak the one that I told you that kind of just started the whole thing um, it, there was a lot with that one um, and the crazy thing is it's mostly men um, wow. yeah it's it's crazy uh, like, like give me an example like what would they say uh, try being a stripper instead <laughs> <laughs> yeah try being and it's grown men and i'm just like why um yeah gr try being a stripper or like uh she should be hired in deja vu <laughs> yeah <laughs> grown as men yeah wow usually you would think it'd be the same gender hating on the same gender yeah women on women but yeah maybe they're really women right you know? <laughs> no luckily um you know, there's some from both genders, 
but only a little bit from the women and then the men it's mostly men and luckily uh there's been a lot of uh support from the women a lot of you know women empowerment and a lot of women support so another thing i'm grateful for that's dope that's yeah dope. uh ray monique actually sat right there i interviewed her here <laughs> yeah. her dad was here real good people she's she's super dope she's um it's so funny when i when i hit her up um it was because of her song cruising i'm like uh because i was posting it was during quarantine and i was posting stuff on my story like I, it was like a little thing i did like posting cool artists to listen to during quarantine if uh you don't have nothing to do check these artists out right. and i posted her and um i was like yo i'm a fan and it's so funny she was like hey like i i heard freak and i was like dope <laughs> um but yeah it was cool because i had i've had been listening to her and she had actually heard of freak so I was like, that's super dope. And I think she's really talented. She's really talented. And um, that's why I'm like, hopefully I get to work with her. Dope, dope, yeah. dope. Okay, well, you know what? Uh, one last question, and I want to ask you this and be honest. When you first took the stage and started performing, were you nervous? And do you still get nervous when you perform? Yeah. No, I get terrible anxiety. I had a lot of anxiety with this interview, like just this interview. You can't even tell, but I'm like, I, I don't want to hold my hand up, but it's like, shaking but no yeah i i get nervous uh before performances and then i get like really bad anxiety but once i'm up there it's like a switch like right, right. it's literally like an on and off switch like all right we're on and it's like kill it and then i kill it and then after that i'm like whoa i did that but i was shaking in my boots but i did it though <laughs> <laughs> that'll work that'll work. okay well listen we come to the end of our interview. Is there anything that I didn't ask you? Anything you want to promote? Anything you want to push? Anything maybe I forgot to ask? So. Um, well, I just have a new single um, coming out March 8th. A new music video. They're dropping together on the same day. Check that out. Um, R&B. And then I... Uh, don't laugh, but I wrote my first corrido and hopefully I put it out soon. So be waiting on that too. <laughs> that It's crazy because I thought I was going to be doing Spanish music in like another direction, but I, I was like, I was like drinking with the homies and I was like, man, I'm going to write a corrido that we could drink too. So they were like, yeah, do it, do it. And so I wrote it and I'm like, but next thing I'm going to do is hit the studio and record this. So be on the lookout for that. <laughs> That's dope. That's yeah. dope. Okay. At this time, any shout outs? Um... Shout out to my mama. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, shout out to Soul Fam. You know, the people that um, subscribe to my channel, the people that view my videos, the people that listen to my music. You guys are everything. Like, shout out to y'all and thank you for the support. And your manager? And my manager, <laughs> my little koala. <laughs> yeah, he's super dope. Shout out to Manny. Shout out to all hate. <laughs> we are here. Awesome, awesome. Okay, I know your Instagram's been popping up. People can follow you there. Mm -hmm. And then when this video is uploaded, it'll be under the description. Uh, what is the name of your YouTube page again? Isabella Soul. Isabella yeah, Soul. Yeah, it's just my um, artist name. Okay, so make sure you guys uh, follow, subscribe, like, comment, negative or positive. doesn't matter. It's all good. Right? No, I'll take it all. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, you know who just walked in? Who? Bobby B. What? Yeah, he just walked in the motherfucking building. I smell this cologne. I smell cool water. Oh, that's what it was? Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I'm not sure. But anyways, make sure you call somebody. Take somebody. You know the rest. Isabella Sol was in the motherfucking building. She didn't hang around. Take a couple of pictures. One drop. We out of here. Ten minutes. Bobby B in the motherfucking house. Hang in there. Ten minutes. 
Welcome back, everybody, to Rodian Radio, episode 139. And this is the podcast of Slapshot Coach Fat Ass with a fat ass dick. So we're going to go ahead and jump butt naked right back into it with my boy, my brother, Bobby B in the place to be. How you doing, brother? What's up? Good, good, man. Thank Bobby you for B, come me. on down, brother. That's like Sir. the price is right. Remember that show? Yep. Come on down. You're the next contestant. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, you know what? I want to ask you something. I know Canelo fought last night. Yeah, I heard. Did you watch it? No, I did not. Okay. I watched it today. Um, I don't even know why they even paid the other guy to fight. Because he didn't even fucking fight, bro. Oh, man. For those of you guys out there that saw that fight, I guess he was some Turkish dude. Mm. You know, and this guy, the whole time, he's just covering up. So, no no wonder Canelo looked good. We all know that he's got the power, he's got the skills, he's a great champion. Yeah. But when you're just hitting a punching bag, you're going to look that much extra, you know, mm. you know, like a knockout artist and shit. But a lot of the way, he was like too scared to fight. So I'm like, where in the fuck did they find this guy? The Turkish prison? Oh, but man. yeah, dude, <laughs> like that guy, I think in the fourth round, the, the, they, they threw in the towel. They said no mas in Turkish or however they said it. Right. But that was it. Like, it was just like, uh, I'm going to send it to you. Okay. I'm going to okay. send it to you, bro. But like, dude, that was like, so um, everybody in the live chat, if you guys like the fight, put yes. If you guys said no, put thumbs down or whatever. But it was a bullshit fight. Now, do you like boxing? Yeah, I like boxing. Okay. Now, what era of boxing would you say you like the most? Uh, I'm going to say like the mid-90s. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, the La Jolla, you know, Chavez. Right. I mean, that was the era of Tyson. Like, of course. Well, of course, Tyson was a lot earlier. But, right. I mean, uh, all, all, all that era was, was, was the best, I think. You, you know what I liked about boxing? Because that was my number one sport at one point. It was boxing, football, basketball, baseball, okay? Mm -hmm. Boxing is probably like third or fourth now. Because now motherfuckers would just put on a, a show. It would be like me telling you, hey, uh, Bobby, I'm going to spit on you. And then you're going to push me. And we're going to build up the pay-per-view, you know. <laughs> and after the fight, we'll go drinking. Okay, I, I, I got you. Mm. You know, that type of shit, bro. Right, right. When back then, motherfuckers really hated each other, dude. Yeah. You know? They really, really hated each other. Like, I remember when uh, uh, people like, for an example, Hagler and uh, uh, Leonard or Hagler and Hearns, mm. you know, Sugar Ray and Duran. Yeah. Motherfuckers really hated each other. Couldn't stand each other. To now, it's, it's almost like, you know, you got McGregor and Mayweather. Yeah, it's all talk. All, all. Yeah. Yeah, that's all he does. And, and then come to find out that they were actually <laughs> friends and that shit was like a setup. <laughs> right, you right. Know? More of an act, not real. Yeah, it's more of an act, not yeah. real. And today I'm hearing, believe it or not, that rappers are starting to do that. You know. <gasps> hey, hey. <laughs> hey. Oh, man. That's that's another that's another story. That's another podcast. Another show. Another show, I mean. Show. Yeah, rapper. It'll be like, hey, Bobby, I'm going to say your fucking DJ skills are fucking weak. Fuck you, Tony. No, fuck you, Bobby. And then we just kind of go back on social media and we blow up together. Okay? Right. So that's pretty much what they're doing today. And it's sad, the state of hip-hop. I know you've been around for a long time. You've been yeah. DJing a long time. You've been producing a long time. And for those of you who don't know right now, well, you've been DJing for Sugar Free for how long now? Uh, It's been like a good, what? 12 years I yeah. should say or more yeah more or less every time I saw him I saw you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's dope man but but let's back up a little bit where originally are you from like where did you grow up at well I was I was born in uh, Linwood but uh, I was raised in Cudahy mm -hmm. um, you know I was there since I was a kid 
Um, and growing up, of course, I moved in a, in a general area like Bell, Cudahy, Bell Gardens. I lived in, uh, you know, Huntington Park for a little bit. Growing up, back and forth, moms and pops were separated. So uh -huh. I had both sides. So, right. you know, yeah. I mean, I love talking DJ talk. I love talking music. I love talking vinyl. I love talking needles, scratch pads, turntables, all that shit. So I know we can go on forever. But but let me ask you this, because for me, growing up in an era where there really wasn't hip hop just yet, the only records we had to scratch was like barcades, like Body Talk, uh, you know, uh, not not like barcades. I forgot the, the name of the fucking group. Sing Body Talk, the Deal. If I'm correct, the Deal, yeah, the Deal. Mm -hmm. um, Remember Orbit, they had a song called And the Beat Goes On. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we had- Cybertron. Yeah, Cybertron. And then we had a, we had Prince, we had a scratch a lot of those. And a lot of those were live drummers. Mm -hmm. DJ back then, to me, uh, I'm not gonna say they were better, but they had more challenges because they're blending. They had arrived the record. And only DJs would understand this because we had a blend in with live drummers. Mm -hmm. Today's everything's pretty much drum machine. Everything's on time. So the blending's a lot better. Today, if you had like a, a cooling the gang and you're making us win and fire, those are live bands. Mm -hmm. So you got to ride the record and keep the people fucking dancing or else you're going to get fucking booed. Mm -hmm. You know, because you know, if, if a lot of DJs, if you give them, for an example, uh, you know, two live band records, funk bands, and if they blend it, most likely it's going to sound like a pair of shoes in a dryer. You know, because it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but with that being said, what type of music as a DJ work, you know, as a kid, did you grow up with, man? I grew up with the old funk. The, man, the family that would play that all day in the house, uh, old funk, um, you know, and all the old school stuff, 80s. Um, there was some 70s in there, but mm -hmm. mostly it was like old funk, uh, you know, old school. Uh, all that stuff. I mean, that's pretty much what what I grew up with. Okay. Yeah. Now, when hip hop started coming started coming in, uh, uh, what, what were some, your earliest memories of hip hop? Like, what some of the first songs oh, you remember hearing? Man, I remember the Fat Boys, Run DMC. Like, I remember, I remember being in the bunk beds young, and that um, what the Raising Hell came out. Right. And my brother came and was like, "Check this out. This is a new artist right here. This is uh, Run DMC. This is their new album. Yeah. Check this out." So, you know, we were listening to it, and, and that was like one of the one of the ones that I loved. Uh, yeah. Run DMC, all, all all the East Coast stuff, because that's yeah. what really was popping. And then, of course, over here out in the West, it's, you know what I mean? I mean, because that's where it was all coming from. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. Now you spoke about bunk beds. Would you have the top bunk or the bottom? Uh, bunk? I was on the top. Oh, me too. I, it's lonely at the top. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I like I had the top bunk bed. My little brother had the bottom bed, but you know, yeah. He used to hide his porns, you know, right <laughs> under the mattress? No, no. He he had the bottom bunk, so he would like stick them right there. Oh you know? damn. So at night, I'm a little right. so. everything in the woods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you know what's funny, man? When I first heard Run DMC, it's like that. I was at a club and you know, that was more like on some street shit. Mm -hmm. You were from the streets. You were able to relate to some of the shit they were saying. Almost like when we first heard the message, mm -hmm. you know, survival. That was like street rap or what we yeah. call reality rap, you right. know. And I remember the first time I ever heard uh, uh, the word gangster shit was when some dude, we were in a club in Long Beach, that Run DMC song came out and these fools were throwing up the sea. They were Crips. It was all Crip club. And... um some dude goes, man, it's some straight gangster shit, homie. And that was the first time I ever heard that, you know. Being in the studio with N.W.A. when they were first putting together their records, 
I asked them like, what do you call this? And then they said, reality rap, mm. you know, but they never called it gangster rap, you know, but I, I'm glad now that it is, because that's pretty much what it is, right? you know, but now, um, so you mentioned uh, as far as East Coast, when it comes to West Coast music, like what was some of your early memories of West Coast? Was it the NWAs and shit? Oh yeah, of course. The NWAs that was that was the shit back in the days, man. Yeah. When, they, when they hit, man, it was like, man, blew everything off the water. It was yeah. like another era, you yeah. know, our generation. Uh, exactly. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that one was that one was one of the you, best you, ones. You know who I had in here the other day, uh, King T, and uh, right. we, we talked about um, uh, Mixed Master Spade. We talked about Toddy T, you know, and um, I remember King T actually dropping some gangster shit before NWA, whether it was Payback Some Other or The Coolest, and then he came out with the Act of Full album. You know, I was one of the blessed ones, and, and I shared this with him, that I got to see him up on stage uh, with Mixed Master Spade. DJ Pooh was on the SB12. Aladdin was on the, the turntables, mm -hmm. you know, uh, 1988, and I still have my, my ticket. Wow. And, yeah, that was an awesome memory, man. But now let me ask you this. Um, I know as a DJ, you know, uh, when you first, uh, uh, what age would you say you picked it up? I was like 13 when I uh, started, um, you know, picking up DJing through my brother, rest in peace, Joe. Uh, he, he was always that, uh, that rapper back in the 80s. You know what I mean? He was a beatboxer. He was one of the dopest around. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, he was more into the DJing too. So that's kind of put me into that situation too, where I kind of right. liked it too. And um, 13 and about like 15, you know, pretty much got my set up, 212s. I was blessed to get my 212s at first. I remember one time I had one record player and it was a Gemini, one of the, you know, old Geminis, you know, the bout, the bout drive. You, right. You, you know, you, you had to be real gentle with it. It wouldn't drive back. You know how those work. Right. But I, I had one of those first and then, you know, I was blessed to get a couple of 1200s and at, right. at 15 actually 14 and then uh 15 i was already in 21 and over clubs playing already that's awesome man yeah. now for the people that may not know when you say 12s we're talking about technique 1200s yes which were to me still today the best turntables ever mm -hmm. yep. okay now do you remember back then how much they costed you because when okay when i bought my first ones they were used they were fucked up bro they were like you could have bought them at Sanford and Sons garage sale. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they were fucked up, okay? But they were mine. Before then, I had a, a cheaper technique one. You know, the kind that you hold it and it goes, yeah, yeah, that shit. Yep. I remember I I just desired to see two turntables back to back. I was like maybe like 14. So I would try to scratch on this side and then hop on this side of the turntable and pretend I was scratching on my left side. Hop back on this side and pretend I was scratching on my right side because I wanted two turntables that damn bad. Right. I was sharing with uh, Ralph M when he was here how a lot of my homies, because I used to hang around with a lot of dudes like on a daily. And then we, we're going to the Momo. We got some girls. We got some 40s. Come on through. Hell no, nah, bro. Let me tell you something. I love my turntables more than I liked Nalaga back then, bro. That's just <laughs> the honest to God truth. Yep. I was just in love with music. Like, mm -hmm. until I get this scratch packed down, motherfucker, I'm not leaving, you know? So that was the love and the desire that we had for DJing, you know? Yep. And and back then, let's just be honest, it took skill to be a DJ, bro. 
Yes. It, it, to me, it still does, but today's yeah. it's a video. It's a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. But then we got a bunch of uh, uh, button bashers. Yeah. So <laughs> DJing is a video game today, bro. You know what? It's funny that you say that because now I'm I'm a, I'm in that criteria. Now I got a I got a new mixer and a um man it, it it's it has got sixteen pads. And you're able. That's your cue points. You're able to just yeah. jump to them instead of dropping the needle on it. It's it's so different now. And even today, I still can't. I can't. I, I don't try to drag the record back, even though I push the button. It's just a habit. It's just a habit. I cannot break it, and it's crazy because I was just talking about that a while back with my boy. Hey man, all these DJs are out there, and it's so easy now. They're pushing buttons. That's all they're doing. You know what I mean? And it's crazy because that it's it's like we're spoiled now with this thing. It's like yeah. But still, to this day, I can't get it. I gotta really practice with it. Yeah. And, and I'm just still still learning. Still learning. Yeah. Yeah. Still learning. Now, when you got your first pair of turntables, your techniques, okay, mm -hmm. that was like the holy grail. You took care of those motherfuckers like it was your girl. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You just didn't let just anybody on it, especially mm -hmm. with needles, you know, some nice needles and shit. Mm -hmm. What was your first mixer? Uh, I had a Newmark 1776, the big-ass long one with the sampler and the three faders. Yeah, yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the first ones. And, of course, uh, you know, I had... Man, I I done played on the member uh what Radio Shack had the pyramid. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. had a pyramid. Uh, yeah, th those were one of my first mixers. I remember those ones, man. Those were the new marks were the best, though. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, the new uh, marks were the best. I had the realistic, the 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 the. I think it was like a hundred and nineteen dollar one. I remember that one too. Yeah, I had that one. I fell in love with that motherfucker, you know. Uh, but my techniques, even though they were old, they were mine. You know, what I'm saying right. they had no covers on them. But my records, I took care of them like you know, they were my babies. Mm -hmm. You know, they came in the plastic. I got the razor blade. I cut that motherfucker open. I put scotch tape on both sides so that the plastic won't come off. And then I put them in a plastic sleeve. Right. I took care of that shit. Right. So when people come up, can I see your records? Fuck no. Huh. You know, never lend out your shit. Never. No, uh, uh I learned that a long time ago. Now today, you want to keep these DJs off of your turntables? Here's what you do. You go to a party. You bring out an old ass Newmark mixer. Just straight vinyl. DJs will say, what is that? What is that? They don't know. Because mm. they don't know how to blend. You know what they're looking for? The buttons. Mm. Hey, 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 hey. Bitch, back in the day, you had to grab a record, put that needle on, find it. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Now it's just. Yep. So when yeah. I see that, I'm like, it's so easy. Even a caveman can do it. Right. You know, right. so. Right. Yeah. right. And, and I don't want, believe me, you know, I don't want to sound like a damn hater, but. You got to give credit where credit is due to people like yourself, bro. Right. People like right. yourself. Appreciate now, that. Yeah. Now, uh, what came first for you? This is a question that I like to ask a lot of the scratch or the blending. What did you learn first? Blending. That's most important. Yeah. That's yeah. more important. Blending was the, the, the first thing that I did. Um, and of course, after I learned how to blend, certain BPMs, slow to fast or fast to slow or whatnot. Then I jumped into the scratching. That right there was was a mission. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you only had so many faders. The faders back then weren't like the ones today, you know? What yeah, I mean? so it's like fucking butter on me. Exactly. The ones where you were like, you had to throw cooking oil in there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you had a lube it right, exactly <laughs> yeah bro okay like for an example i learned how to blend and here's how i did it we had a house stereo you know with the fucking 
the the knob like this so i had no scratch pad but i know when i was fucking up you know my sister's records so i'm like you know learning how to scratch right i had a boom box a little small one that my mom bought me at the swamp meet so i would play a song and as soon as i played the song the cassette i tried to match this motherfucker by writing it because we had no pitch on this turntable so we had to ride that motherfucker so that's how i taught myself how to blend so until i got my turntables then i knew how to blend you know right and then i remember i learned how to speed up my turntables take off the fucking plate unscrew everything mm -hmm. that little blue knob yeah turn that motherfucker shit now it's just going faster right so w when you're at home and and you pretty much self-quarantine you know because you don't want to go out you want to practice uh um you get creative, man. Back then, you had your own blends. Sometimes you could blend songs that you didn't know were blendable, or, or other people would say, "Oh shit, he did that," or you had your own style of scratching. Mm -hmm. You know, people knew DJs by he's got that one scratch, or this guy's got that one fucking style. That's what separated guys like Tony G, Joe Cooley, and those guys. They all had their own style, right? Scratching went from this to that's all they're doing now. Yeah, making like UFO noises. Yeah, you know and. I, I uh, was a judge at a battle of the DJs about 10 years ago. And this is when this was taken off. Just uh, yeah. And I was just like, okay, when they asked me for my uh, you know, my judgment about those 10 DJs, right. I said, I can't tell. Because I thought they all sounded the same. Right. You know, I said, like, everybody sounds, everybody's doing the same thing. They were one-handed DJs instead of going back and forth. You know? Right. It, it, Struggling. No, yes. Nobody went back and forth, bro. So it it came down to they play a record right here, and then they just scratch right here or transformed or whatever. Right. So, but you know what? I, I like that <coughs> the the hip hop culture, as far as the DJing part, is still going forward. Mm -hmm. There's guys like the beat junkies that I like to give the credit to. They opened up a school and they teach people, you know, how to DJ. That's a that's a really really good thing. So, and much love, much respect to those guys. Yep. So scratching came in. Um. Now, let me ask you this. Is there any videos out there on YouTube or anything where people can see you throw down? Uh, yeah, there's, there's, man, there's plenty in there. You just got to type in DJ Bobby B, uh, Sugar Free. Like, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, footage of shows and just little practice, little, you know, tutorials, you know, some little things that I was doing with my boy, too, DJ Caper. Shouts out to DJ Cut Caper. Mm -hmm. That's my boy. He's, uh, the Looney's DJ. Mims, okay. Uh, uh, Pity Pablo's DJ. He's, he's a good dude. I met him on tour. Uh, me and him, maybe we be, you know, messing around with that and putting little videos out here and there. But yeah, we got some more stuff coming out too. So there's just one guy, bro. And I think he was DJing for, um, I saw him DJ for Trainier and I saw him DJ for, um, and I know it's the same guy. Ace? I don't remember, bro. DJ Ace, the ringleader? I, I'm not sure. Maybe it might be him. Yeah. And I also saw him DJ for um uh what's that uh the shaker like a shell shaker. Who are those guys again? Uh, the, uh, the the yin yang twins. He also DJed for them. Oh, that's um uh I'm trying to remember the homie's name, man. I can't remember it right now for the but, life of me. Dude, I, I saw him, you know, cutting, going back and forth. He had the old school stuff, and I was like, that's the shit right yeah, there, dude. Yeah, he had that, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, he had that beat going, I think it was a Cybertron, or 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 who, what was it? But yeah, yeah, it was that one beat, and he was just cutting it up. Old yeah. school style, yeah. Old school I remember style. that I one. like that shit, yeah. man. Now, yep. now, let me ask you this. Growing up, other than your brother, rest in peace, who were some of the DJs that you used to like to listen to, man? Ooh. 
Joe Cooley, Ronnie O. Joe, of course, you know, Ronnie O. Joe Cooley, um, um, Jam Master J. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, man, he was, he, he was dope, man. Jam Master J. Um, Eric B. Mm-hmm. Um, man, the, the list goes on. Like, man, there's just a lot of them out there, man. Hey, hey do you know what's crazy? And only old school heads will know this. Eric B. Okay. His scratching half of the time was all offbeat, okay? Uh-huh. But his scratching matched the style of his music and the style of fucking homeboys like lyrics. Like, it almost like everything gelled together. Right. You know, like, you didn't have to be super dope, if this makes any sense, to be dope. Like, Jam Master Dave, damn, chip, damn, tip, 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 yep. damn, tip. Yep. And then they were hyping up the fucking crowd. That shit was fucking insane, bro. Yeah. You know? Yep. And like, we at DJ could say, okay, that wasn't that hard. But that was hard, you know. That, that wasn't hard to do, but that just sounded hard. Yeah. So, so uh, big ups to those guys. I'll tell you another guy that's still tearing it up to this day, and I met him in 1991 in Texas, uh, DJ Scratch. That guy. Oh, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's still with fucking insane, bro. Yep. He's still mm-hmm. with insane. And, and it almost seems like he kept that old school tradition of, of, of cutting, scratching, yeah. you know. So that was dope. Now, of course, Rodney and the, those guys are dope too. Uh, um, Joe Cooley and Rodney O. I remember when Joe Cooley was here. Um, uh, I had already known Joe for a long time, but General Jeff goes up there and introduces Joe Cooley and he says, Yo, I want to see the best DJ in the world. And this was like in 1988. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I remember at that time, I can actually say, at least in my opinion, that Joe was the best. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe was the best, you know, and so a lot of people were going to differ, but, you know, that's just my opinion. You know? Right. But my superheroes, again, on the West Coast, Tony G, Joe Cooley. So. Yep, yep. Yeah. Shouts out to Joe Cooley. Yeah. Tony G, Tony G, yep. So now, uh, um, going back to a vinyl, uh, um, where did you used to buy your vinyl at? I, I know we had various places, Ooh, but. Ooh, man. I, I, Norwalk Records. Okay. I would go to Sounds of Music right there in, uh, off of Whittier in East L.A., uh man uh alhambra mm-hmm. uh what uh try to remember the name of that spot it's been a minute uh exodus yeah exodus. yeah i remember yeah, I was, man that was old school right yeah. there that's that's where we used to go right. um yeah sounds of music was a good dope spot because you could find all the old school right there all these 45s whatever you needed was yeah. right there yeah now, now, now let me ask you this uh when you first started djing what was some of your earliest gigs were they weddings quinceañeras backyard parties yeah backyard parties um uh i've done the quinceañeras uh, not too many weddings uh when i was younger but um it was more of the backyard house parties remember we used to bring out the old go-go cages from safeway you know put those on each end right you know set up this you know people come in with their tanks and right. you know it'd be a house party that was what the house era was in it was yeah. just house music hard house or regular yeah. man that was that was that was the shit now let me ask you this because today i get questioned and to me this question doesn't make sense i know where they're coming from but as an 80s dj doesn't make sense when they ask me what kind of dj are you so I asked him, like, well, what do you mean? Are you a battle DJ? Are you just a hip-hop DJ? And I mm-hmm. look, bro, if you wanted to get hired, you played everything. Right. You know, even if I had to play Bruce Springsteen. Right. Even if I had to play Madonna and Cyndi Lauper, mm-hmm. I better have those records yep. because they're hiring me. Right. You know, uh, the thing that sucked is that you had to take about eight crates of records for a night. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. you know yep. do you got Cyndi Lauper? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. 
Grab it. Okay, cool, whatever, you know. But the, yeah, it was, all, and then you got to take your speakers, the right. wires, hooking it up, yeah. sound check. It was a lot, bro. Yeah, the heavy ass amp racks. Remember that? Fuck, dude. Uh, Those amp racks, and everything is now self powered. Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, I, I liked, I liked backyard parties. I liked um, hall parties. But I remember it was my late teens when I started DJing clubs. That's when I thought I have arrived, you know. But as far as like house parties, uh, here's what I used to do. Let's just say, like, I got booked for a house party, and I knew they were drunk. It was already around ten, and People start talking shit. People want to want in the fight because everybody gets beer balls, you mm -hmm. know, when they're drunk. Yeah. So, what you do is and, and and take this from me. Bump that shit, motherfuckers are jamming. Before you know it, the cops come and break it up. And you get to go home after DJing like two hours, <laughs> and you got paid. Yeah, yeah. So just do that. Yeah, you know. Make sure you get your money up front. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, if I wanted to start a fight, I'd play colors. Drunk uh -huh. dudes <laughs> start throwing up gang signs. <laughs> Cops come, yep. you DJ for two hours, yep. and you get your money. Okay? Yeah. So, <laughs> That's real, man. That's real. That's, that's, yeah, there's DJ man. tricks. Yeah, yeah. You know? But, uh, yeah, but I, I've, had, I've had a great time DJing weddings and all that shit. Yeah. But it wasn't until, and this is what we're going to get into, it wasn't until we started DJing up on stage in front of thousands of people, bro, or hundreds of people. Yeah. That's a whole new game. Yeah. You know, the good thing is that I'm thankful because you started DJing, what, 12, 13, you said? You said? Yes, yes. That by the time we get in front of a stadium, maybe 14,000 people, hooking up turntable, hooking up your laptop ain't nothing because you're already used to it. Mm -hmm. I've known dudes that uh, because maybe their dad was the promoter already, they had their son being the DJ, and this motherfucker kind of put the needle on like, he was like this, bro. Because mm -hmm. he was so nervous looking at all the people, and people were just staring at you like, what you going to do? Right. And honestly, I was like, hey, man, drink a beer and just slow the fuck down, bro, okay? <laughs> Put the needle on the record, you know? It's easy to be the world's best DJ in your bedroom. Right. But when you got all those people right there staring at yeah. you, we'll see if you can, uh, what, what the, what, what, uh, the, you know what I'm saying? Under pressure. Yes, yes. Yeah. But when you're rocking the crowd, that's the shit, bro. Yep. So, uh, really quick, before Sugar Free, before we go to break, before Sugar Free, were you DJing for anybody else? Yeah, I used to DJ for, uh, I did a few shows with KK and D, second okay, and yeah. uh, uh, Shots out to, to K and D. Um, yeah, I, I, did a, I did a few things with them. Um, you know, of course, some independent artists also, uh, you know, pretty much DJing for different people. Or I would do a lot of showcases. Uh, people were showcasing artists and, you know, I would DJ for different artists, you know, put a little scratch on their little set yeah. if the music was dope. Okay. Yeah, the music was dope. I'll throw a little scratch in there. If I wasn't feeling it, you'll you'll know when I'm not feeling it because I would just sit there and just, I wouldn't do nothing. <laughs> That'll work. So here's what we do. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about your side of production, producing music, mm -hmm. and also DJing for Sugar Free, how you met him, etc. Okay. So okay, everybody. Once again, call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know that Bobby B's in the motherfucking building. We'll be back 10 minutes. Don't fuck around. Go warm up that top ramen. Get yourself a modelo. We got another 30 minutes. Be back. And welcome back, everybody, to Rolling Radio, episode 139. One more, and we'll be at 140. Wow. It's coming quick. Bobby B, yes, the place sir. to be. Yes, sir. What's going on, brother? Right. Chilling, man. Chilling. Okay, so look it. We know as DJs, production comes next. Or for some people, it was production, then DJ. But it's usually DJ, then production. Right. When did you get introduced or what inspired you to move into the realm of pretty much to start making beats? 
Well, I mean, man, I, I've been wanting to make beats since I started DJing, honestly. Um, but as far as getting into it, I mean, I, I've been I've been into it for the last 10 years. Um, usually right now, it's been more co-producing because I work, I, I work with an engineer because, uh -huh. of course, I didn't have the skills to learn how to, you know, arrange the music myself because now it's all digital. You know, it's not right. like it was back in the days. We get a four track and put some stuff together. It's, it's not like that no more. Right. So, um, you know, I didn't have the skills to pretty much put it, arrange it myself on the computer. You know, you got to be computer illiterate. You know, literate to pretty much put that together. But yeah. with that being said, pretty much I've been doing more co-producing. Um, I've been doing my little stuff on the side, you know, trying to produce myself without having that engineer or having that person co uh, producing with me. Um, but as far as right now, I've just been really doing mostly uh, co-producing with another producer uh, and, 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 you know, putting uh, samples, uh, scratches, uh, putting little noises into the beats that we're yeah. creating. Um, that's pretty much what I've been doing so far. Okay. Um, I'm actually been working with an artist uh, from Australia. His name is Benny Sinclair. Okay. Um, uh, he's with the label that I'm signed to, which is Round Two Music. Uh, shouts out to Round Two Music, Charlie Perez, and I got to give my son a shout out, Robert Jr. I know he's watching. He just sent me a text. He goes, "Dad, give me a shout out." That's dope, <laughs> He's man. 10 years old. So. Hey, that's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you heard his name uh, on Rodian Radio. Yes, sir. So, yeah, that's pretty much where, where I'm at right now with the pr producing part. Okay, I any artists that people may know that you might have worked with as far as the co the production? Work? Oh, yeah. Uh, man, uh, I worked with a lot, man. A lot of independent artists. Uh, man, Creep, uh, Old Creep. You know, yeah. you had him on the show not too long ago. Yeah. Shots out to Old Creep uh, from the OC. Um, Boomer, KK son. Yeah. I did some stuff with him. Um, man, uh, Chino G, Glasses Malone. We did that remix, uh, the Nipsey, the I Don't Give a Fuck. Yeah. That shit's on YouTube right now. That shit's going real good. It, it went real good the first time they, they released it. It's been out for, what, like three, four years already? Uh -huh. Um Man, the list goes on. There's so many that I've done. I done worked with my homie Scandalous. Um, um, man, uh, the homie Rockbox. Shouts out to Rockbox. Um, uh, man, uh, the Bus Clinic. You know what I mean? We we got a lot of stuff coming okay. up too. Okay. But um, there's there's so many artists. And man, I wish I could name all of them right now. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, um, how did you end up meeting Sugar Free? I met Sugar Free. We were doing a show. Actually, we were doing a fundraiser uh, uh, for for one of the uh, the homies. Uh, um, let's see, KK's uh, second and none. Um, the homie Nehru. They had a, a group called the Boss Click. Uh, we lost one of the the homies uh, 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 on that group, and we had a fundraiser. And Free came through to do a set for us and bless us. And you know, we pretty much was chopping it up. He loved the way I DJed. My homie Breeze from from uh, Long Beach pretty much put it together for me and uh he made it happen with Chubbs and uh our manager Ted and everybody and they you know they they liked the idea so I came on board of course DJ Pinky rest in peace was DJing from before prior wow. uh so after that then uh you know I came in and started messing with them and then uh DJ Lala shots out to DJ Lala she was doing some stuff for free too okay. well yeah that was one of the first times that I met with him and uh actually uh started working with 
Okay. And after you guys like pretty much said, okay, you're going to be our DJ, you guys started taking off and start as far as, you know. Yes, sir. Doing shows. Oh, we got shows here. We got shows there. You know, just traveling, you know, going, doing shows in local area, uh, going all the way up north a lot. You know what I mean? Pretty much in California, more or less. Right. You know, we would go to Arizona and the other states too, but. You know, we, we would do general area was California. Okay. Yeah. Now, 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 now give us a story, possibly one of the, maybe one of the dopest shows or maybe one of the craziest shows you've ever attended. For you. Oh, man. I, I'm going to say, um, man, there's, there's just so many of them. Um, I'm going to say one of the best ones, too, was uh, out in um, Corpus Christi, okay. Texas. We were on the Puff Puff Pass tour with Snoop. Um, and we went out there to this big old bar park and man, it was, it was bananas. It, the whole place was super packed. And, and that's when I knew that the crowds in different states, of course, are different. Yeah. Like they were there more for like the mainstream artists, more, I believe, like Snoop, uh, you know what I mean? Like whoever were the mainstream artists was right, there, right. the headliners. Um, but of course, you know, they had all of us, Eastsiders, Afro Man, you know, Warren G. I mean, you know, everybody, we, we rocked it. Right. But, but it's crazy because when you go out in the Midwest or more East, it, it I mean, it, it's crazy because you can see the reaction of the crowd. Like, you know the ones that know the music and the ones that don't know mu the music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I got to, I got, to, it was a challenge because some of those crowds were hard to, to move. Yeah. They were so hard to move. You know, but of course, when Snoop came out, of course, everybody knows Snoop. Right. The crowd was more active. Then you got people just standing around, just staring. So it's kind of like, uh, are you feeling it or not? You know, those are I mean? like the worst ones. Yeah, bro. those are like the worst ones. But I mean, I'm gonna say the best one was Corpus Christi because it was cracking from beginning to end. I mean, the crowd was jumping, the the energy was there. Like every artist that went on, I mean, the crowd was just going, and they loved it. That was one of the best shows, I believe. Yeah, That's that dope. was nice. Okay, the reason why I asked for like a crazy wild story is because one day we were in Houston, Texas. And again, this is, we're promoting our single, the I'm Not Your Puppet song, okay? Right. And we had 15 minutes to go rock it, you know? Now, keep in mind, we're we're doing shows with EPMD, Daz Effects, and uh, uh, Guru, and those guys, okay? High C goes out there, you know, Crawford goes out there, he lives with the crowd in the fucking cross pack, and the guy uh, tells us, hey, man, they warm up the crowd for you, you have to go out there and tear it up. I said, I'm going to go out there. You know, I'm over here touching the, the needles, I can hear the thump, 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 mm. okay, I got sound, ready to go. And um, I'm already back there, and usually he, he'll say, yo, Tone, drop that shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm throwing, like, the intro music, do some scratching. I'm still waiting. And I'm looking like this, and I'm, like, trying to get his attention. Like, tup, 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 tup. Nothing. So I, I, like, walk out the stage, and I told Steve, you know, our manager, I said, hey, where's Crawford at? He got nervous. He went and go take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> he got bubble guts. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we had to literally yeah. wait for him to go take a shit, bro, because he got nervous out there, bro. So, right, right. So, yeah, he came back. He goes, man, I had to drop a mean-ass log on me. And I was like, <laughs> let's do this shit, bro, please. Hope you wipe your ass, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anything crazy like that ever happened with you guys, bro? Oh, man, no. I'm not nothing like that that I could remember, nope. Anybody uh, jumping on stage? Uh, yeah, uh, fans, man, they, they would jump the stage. I remember one time this, man, we were on stage with Quick, and 
um, a girl jumped on the stage and uh, um, was it Rob? Big Rob? Uh, uh, man, this girl jumped right on the stage and as fast as she jumped on stage, is that fast she got pushed off. Boom, and she just flew. I was like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those were fun times because motherfuckers yeah. would jump on stage, security, yeah. throw yeah. them motherfuckers, like bro. Nothing, like, like rag dogs. Like rag dogs, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I guess some of those guys think they're cool for doing that shit, but you're going to get fucked up, man. Yeah. You know? Uh, any Anybody ever call out Sugar Free? Maybe you guys are somewhere eating or whatever. Uh, I'll give you a story. We're in Sacramento. True story. We had rocked the Halloween show, and uh, there was some bloods, bro, that came, and they approached me. Not, they didn't approach them, but they approached me. Yo, man, it's quick, a real blood. And I said, I'll tell you what, when you see him, you ask him, bro. I don't want shit to do with them. I'm just trying to find out, is he a real blood? And I'm like, when you see him, you 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 ask him, bro. Cool, whatever. But that guy was looking for trouble, okay? So I went upstairs and I told Quick, hey, man, don't go downstairs. Some fucking names out there, you know, wanting to know if you're real. And he was like, okay, cool, whatever. 15 minutes later, there's no lie, bro. Bap, 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 bap. Like gunshots. We're upstairs and we hear that shit. Come back down in the fucking lobby, walk through the lobby, right when you, the door's open to go outside, the motherfucker was on his back, bro. He asked somebody, gets the wrong question at the wrong time and got blasted. He killed his ass. Wow. Yeah, bro. But you know what? I guess he was looking for trouble when he found it, you know? Right. But it was that same fucking dude, bro. And I was like, oh, well. Young dude, too. He looked maybe like 21, 22 years old, dude. Damn. But yeah, a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes give, willing to give up their life for a, a street. Waste. Yeah, that doesn't give a shit about him. So, but anyways, uh, so now, um, you ever do any production for free? Um, no, no production for him yet. Um, just pretty much co-produce. Uh -huh. Um, I did a couple of things with, uh, L Fingers, which is the one that produced uh, Smile My Finger and the last album, <laughs> The Resurrection. Um, dope producer, man. Dude is so talented. Um, it was fun working with him. I didn't do really too much, you know what I mean? Just on the DJ standpoint, throw little samples of freeze music in there and, you know, a little scratch or two. That was pretty much mm -hmm. it. But, I mean, that right there was a blessing because I, I enjoyed doing that, and it was cool. You enjoy the traveling? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's tiring. It's tiring. I because mean, it takes a lot work. out of it. Yeah, uh, especially when uh, you know the your manager has to you know book the flight early in the morning and shit. Yeah. So <laughs> it becomes work, bro. Yeah. It becomes work. A lot of people think that it's yeah. all fun and games. Yeah. It becomes work, bro. I don't know. It is. I remember we were to fly in. Okay, we got to go get something to eat. Then we're gonna go to the radio station. Then we go to sound check. Then we got to go check in. Okay, mm -hmm. and then check in, take a shower, take a shit, take whatever you gotta do. We gotta get, gotta eat dinner, go get mic check or whatever uh, at the club, and then just come back to the room, get dressed, perform, because we leave tomorrow at six o'clock in the morning. Yep. You know, yep. and and you're like, fuck. Yep. You know, yeah, you're wore out, bro. Yeah. You, you know, the highlight is you know performing and getting the fucking people, but when you do have the stubborn people that just look at you, you know, the the dope thing about our era is that. We didn't have people doing this the whole show. Right. Okay. Right. We had people, when you say throw your hands in the air, they fucking threw their hands in the air. Okay. So these motherfuckers are like the whole fucking crowd, bro. You know, but yeah. I think that's what kind of ruined it today because people are not even 
looking for the sh they're just looking that I get right there's no know. crowd participation right everybody's stuck on their phones that's the that's man that's just a new thing I guess I mean but it's not like before like you said man when we used to rock crowds it wasn't all about the phone people would participate throw their hands up uh, sing the lyrics out with you and made it a lot more fun and interesting hell yeah now it's like it's not like that no more it's just it's different yeah and that takes away from the energy because a lot of us, whether you're a DJ, you're a rapper, or you're a hype man, we want that energy coming from the crowd, bro. Right. You know, if we, if we get that energy, that participation, we give them more. Right. You know, but if they're just fucking sitting there like they're watching a movie. Yeah. You know, after a while, you're going to be like, this is just dress rehearsal. Fuck it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it does help when they're participating and, you know, they pretty much are, are, are helping us. They're motivating us. Yeah. We're doing it for them. Absolutely. So when they're not participating and we're not doing it for the fans, it's like, what's the point? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, I, now, now, let me ask you an uh, off-the-wall question. You ever received any hate for being his DJ? I have, but it's funny because the the hate was always, of course, behind your back, people talking. Never once nobody stepped to me and actually told me how they felt. But I felt it. I felt it, and I know there's some out there. But I, I pretty much were more focused on uh, doing more better, doing doing better stuff than I did last year, trying to step up my game all the time, um, trying to avoid all those haters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. Um, hey, if we ain't doing it, if we don't have no haters, we ain't doing nothing right. You know what I mean? I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, they definitely don't hate on losers. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. That's real. You know, I, I mean, think about this, okay? Back then, we didn't call it hate. You know what they were? They were just jealous. Yeah. Celosos. They were jelly. <laughs> so. Celosos. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the truth, bro. That's the truth. And you know what? Like, <clears throat> I just never understood how somebody could see somebody win and look at them and say, I hate that motherfucker. Like, I, I just don't don't understand that, bro. Right. But I don't know how you can live with yourself. You know, yeah. but... Uh, oh, well. Now, uh, let me ask you this. What is Bobby B working on today? If anything... What can the people um, look forward to? Uh, now, I know it's very hard to even answer that question because of the COVID thing. Right. You know, the, the concerts haven't really opened up just yet. Um, so what has Free been doing and what have you been doing? Huh? Well, I know Free's been quarantined. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just staying away. We ain't doing nothing right now. Um, you know, of course, because of COVID. But, um, you know, um, pretty much I've just been doing my own thing. Uh, you know, doing cut scratches on different, uh, you know, artists' uh, music. Um, doing a lot of uh, private events, I should say. Yeah. You know, a little birthday parties for the homies, like, the, you know, the homie Drezel Washington. He's one of the artists that's on the bus clinic, which is a sugar-free thing we got going on. Uh, it was his birthday yesterday, so we celebrated his birthday uh, you know, partied a little bit. It yeah. was cool because it kind of reminded me of a show because that's all my people that are all around when we're doing shows. Right, right. Uh, um, you know, of, of course, you know, Free wasn't there, but I mean, it, it, it was a cool, cool uh, thing, you know. Um, I'm doing, you know, certain clubs right now. I okay. got this club that I'm doing out in uh, Corona called The Depot. We're doing it Funk Fridays every Friday. You know, bring a mask, come through, have a drink. You know what I mean? That's pretty much what we've been doing. Uh, we got some uh, other spot 
Anaheim, 99 bottles going over there, doing a little DJing. Okay. You know, just trying to keep things going for right now. I mean, the, the, the money flow isn't like it was before, but it's there. Right. Thank God, you know, because this times it's, there's nothing out there, you know. Right. People are scared. They don't want to do nothing. Now, when you say bring your mask, can I bring any mask? Yeah, like bring any mask. Sir. Like, can I bring like a Michael Myers mask? Yeah. Freddy Krueger mask? Bring, bring that, that mask. <laughs> Right, yeah. that'll work. That'll yeah. work, man. It's, it's today's generation. You know, bring a mask. Like before, it's like this guy's wearing a mask. What's he gonna do? Rob somebody? Every yeah. time I go into a store, it feels like man, I'm gonna go in there and rob it because they gotta put a mask on. You know what's crazy? When, <laughs> when... <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna say it. But I'll, I'll say that for another show. But uh, um, okay, now listening to today's music. Do you listen to today's music, man? Honestly, no. Okay. Now, now, why? It, I mean, you know what? I'm going to say this. I mean, like we were talking about earlier. I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it's whack, but I'm going to say 80% of the stuff out there to me is whack. Okay. But at the same time, uh, there's artists out there that do got it still and, and are performing and doing songs, but today's relevance, you know what I mean? Of course, right. today's sound, it's a different generation now. It's not our generation no more. I think that's one of the ones that is, it's it, it, one of the reasons why we pretty much don't find the, the hip hop today attractive anymore because it's not our era. It's not right. our generation. Our generation that we grew up is a lot different than it is today. Right. And I think that's one of the, that's one of the reasons. Um the other reason is like I said, ninety percent, eighty percent of the music is trash, bro. It okay. sucks. Okay, like okay, like my son, he just turned thirty, okay? He likes today's music, but he also loves our generation. Right. Us we love our music, but we don't like this new generation. Right. One day we had a conversation. He his whole thing was, "Oh, you're just a hater. You're just a hater." But I had to explain to him. I said, "Mijo, check this out. I love rap. I love hip hop music. Mm -hmm. Why do you think I don't like today's music? Like, what is it that you like? Um, why do you think I don't like it? Well, because you're not into lyrics. Okay, let's go. To, and I'm like." That's not it. Mm -mm. That's mm -mm. not it. Mm -mm. Um, so I introduced him to, again to KRS One, you know, Eric B, uh, um, Rakim, you know, um, Public Enemy, you know, Tribe Called Quest, shit like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he likes all of that shit. Right. But he still likes today's music and it's cool. I don't hate on it. I just have a hard time with it, bro. I just have a hard time with it. And we like rap, but what do you think it is that we just don't? It's just not appealing to us, man. I, I think it's because there's no interest. It's not interesting no more. They're talking about lifestyle things, materialistic things, shit that don't make sense. The the, the music has no meaning no more. The, it, the 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 meaning's not there no more. There's 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 you know our era at least when our era was in. Everything had to do with a story. It was a story. There was a reason for the song. There was there was some type of interest of the song that uh, that I f felt interesting because it was a story. Uh, everything made sense. We were able to relate to it exactly, and not one two rappers sounded the same. Exactly, everybody sounds the same now. They're trying to sound like the next big. The well, everybody that's big right now in that industry, as yeah. far as the new generation music, I mean. All the other artists behind them are just trying to sound like their favorite artists, yeah. which is, you know, whoever they're into today. Right. And I think everybody, that's why everybody sounds the same. You know, I mean, they're trying to sound like their favorite artists. 
they're not trying to sound like themselves. That's 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 the worst. You know what yeah, I mean? You gotta yeah. be your own, like you said earlier. You gotta right. have your own sound and and do your thing and not and, and not follow somebody right. else. It's cool to have be a fan of an artist. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're gonna do your own music, don't follow that artist. They did it already. It's yeah. just like it's just like a new uh, artist today doing gangster rap. What are you doing doing gangster rap? MWA and all them did that already. Everybody's right. tired of hearing about that. Right. They want to hear something different. Right, bring so them something different. different. Don't bring them something that we all heard and know of already. You get right, what I'm saying? Right. That's where it's not interesting no more. Right. That's why I don't listen to stuff today because it's not it's not appealing to me. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's it's just a whole bunch of noise. Uh, the sound. It's like they're not listening to the lyrics. It's just the sounds or the beat or whatever. I don't know how they do it. How they, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I can't grasp that. Yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. I know my youngest boy, he... Uh, he went to go see that one guy. What's his name? Blue something. Uh, Blueface. Blueface. He went to go see him. Blueface. And yeah. I, you know. Okay. Tell me how that goes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. I mean. Uh, so yeah, there it is. There. But uh, anyways, yeah. You know. <laughs> but it's funny, man, because I try to look for new talent. I try. I want to like new X. I really do. I I just. I, and I want this generation to understand that us old heads, man, we like rap. We do. It's just what this is so far fetched from us that I don't, I don't, I can't make the connection. Like, you right. know, so it, it's, it's hard. You know, today, most guys today will say, well, if it's not banging in the strip club, it ain't banging. Well, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, am I supposed to go to, hey, girl, can you twerk to this? <laughs> you know? Right, right. You know, yeah, really? Okay, I, I can hear this in the strip club, you know? So, I mean, I remember going into the fucking strip club where they were playing How Do You Want It by Tupac. Ain't she breathing no future in your front. California love, motherfuckers were jamming, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. uh, um, but, okay, last time we did a show, I think, yeah, you were there. Um, I think you might even went there. No, you were there, Sugar Free, it was second to none, AMG, and Quick ended up showing up in Arizona. Then okay. after that, we went to Scottsdale, oh, Arizona. Yeah, I remember. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. We went there, and they were playing all the new stuff. Okay? This is about maybe two, three years ago, maybe. All the new stuff. Game was there. And, you know, the, the, the crowd was, was, was dancing and everybody. But it was all the new stuff. No, I didn't recognize anybody. It was all like the guys, like they were sipping on lean. Mumbling. Yeah, that's all it was. Then they threw on... California love. Dun, 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 dun. The fucking crowd went insane. And I remember I, I turned around and looked at Quick and I said, who changed the music on us? Because I personally believe, my opinion, music didn't evolve. I think somebody changed it on us. We no longer want to play that. We're just going to, from here on out, this is what you're going to play. And this is what this new generation is going to listen to. Right. I don't believe it changed. I don't believe it, I mean, it evolved. I, I don't believe that it went from great to dumb. I, I believe that somebody changed it on us. So we're going to dumb these fools down. We're going <laughs> to have men with purses. <laughs> we're going to have them wearing skinny jeans, showing off more curves than girls. Oh, man. I, I don't get that. So... That's all I'm saying, bro. I mean, jeans so tight, you can see the veins on your balls. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that that uh, it's a new generation, man. I'm telling you, I, I I don't I don't understand that. I mean, we went from Ben Davis to Huggies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> huh. Oh man, that shit's crazy. I mean, uh, if your pants are tighter than your girls, <laughs> there's a problem. Something wrong. Yeah, something wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. Yeah, if your boyfriend got more booty than you, uh, something's wrong. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, but. <laughs> I seen that the dude wearing designer shit and the girl not wearing designer shit. He looked better than the girl. Yeah, dude, it's like yeah, it doesn't make sense, bro. <laughs> but but I believe that a lot of the music inspired that shit. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's new generation, different generation. Yeah, I, I'm glad, bro, that I never switched up my style. I stayed to the way I grew up. Whatever. Some people might have said, well, you know, you could have changed it up. Maybe you didn't get bigger because you didn't change it up. No, I just wanted to be true to myself and. This is just me, bro. Right. You know, I mean, we can't wear skinny Ben Davis in the hood. <laughs> you know? We just can't do that. You didn't get beat up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we can't do that. Or fucking commando uh, with Ben Davis on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That shit ain't going to happen. Okay. <laughs> Let me stop, bro. All right. Anyway, Bobby, I want to thank you for coming out, brother. Anything that I didn't ask you, bro, anything that maybe you want to promote, you want to share, is free working on anything that maybe you oh, could? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, March 1st is supposed to be dropping group therapy. Check that out. Um, you can go on YouTube, um, on the IG. Um, you can go to uh, um, Official Sugar Free. Right. Uh, you can check out all the little snippets on there. Uh, it's a hot project, man. It's 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 a compilation of a uh, a lot of, of different artists out there, and uh, okay. um, you know, of course, um, you know, we got the Bus Clinic, Sugar Freeze Bus Clinic, which is a uh, other artists that we we we're doing music with, Drezel Washington, the homie Pomona Dirt, uh, Brian J. Uh, you know, they just came out with another uh, video, uh, Brian J. Sugar Free, Pomona Pimpin' Young, and um, Jail Felony. It's called Roll Call. Check that out on YouTube. Um, yeah, that right there, they're what they're working on right now. So uh, it's 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 finished. It's finished. That's dope. That's dope. March first. Yeah. Yes, March first. Okay. Any shout outs you want to give? Yes, sir. Uh, shouts out to Tony A. Rodium Radio. Thank, Thank you for having me, man. That's that right there is a uh, thank you, brother. You know, it's a blessing, man. I really appreciate you very much. Likewise, uh, man. You know, thanks for having me. Uh, shouts out to my family. You know, my son, my my daughter, my you know God. You know, what I mean, shouts out to him. You know, fans, everybody following me. Um, you know, I want to give a shout out to everybody that's been supporting me. It's very appreciated. Uh, um, shouts out to Round Two Music, Charlie Perez, uh, Angel Baby, Chow, what's up, my boy? <laughs> uh, Laneway, Tony Lane, Black Tone. His birthday was just not too long ago last week. Shouts out to to the general, Black Tone. Uh, Sugar Free, of course. Uh, Chubbs, our manager, uh, my big brother, Ted Diaz. Shouts out to my brother. My brother. Uh, Shouts out to uh, uh, Breeze, Big Breeze from the LBC. Man, that's my boy right there. My boy Tunes, man, he, he's always with me. He he's my boy that's always going with me places, man. Checked out checked out track out too uh on the resurrection. It's called A Tunes. Uh, you know, him and Free went in on it. It was cool, man. That, that was a blessing too. Um man, I mean, shouts out to everybody out there that I've been working with. Uh 
like I said, man, it, it's been a long journey, and uh, I really appreciate everybody for fucking with me, man. And your boy, man. Of course, yeah, my boy. My boy, uh, yeah. <laughs> Kashmir, his daughter, yeah. My boy, uh, uh, Cash Flow's in the house right here, you know what I mean? Shouts out to my boy, Fatal Mac, Mac B. Uh, man, there's just so many, man. Uh, uh, oh, shouts out to my boy, uh, Sniper, big sniper from the sea, from the, from Cut A, man. That's my boy right there. Um, man, uh, there's just so many, man. We, we need another hour for me to give all the yeah, shout outs yeah. that I need, but good, I appreciate you, man. Thank Likewise, you. Likewise, my brother. You stay yes, blessed. Sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bobby, for giving me the honor and the pleasure to interview you. And, um, Isabella Sol, thank you very much for giving me the honor and the pleasure to interview you. Other than that, I got a couple of more shout outs. Uh, once again, uh, Anthony for helping me run this ship. Uh, Alex Cervantes, Cervantes Enterprise, uh, for helping me with this. Uh, my son, son, be scandalous. Uh, much love, much respect to everybody. And if I didn't mention you, it's because I didn't want to thank you. But other than that, uh, Freaky Tales this Friday. Uh, but we'll be back Wednesday here. But Freaky Tales Friday, once again, call in and give us your freaky stories. We're not talking about like freaky freaky. We're talking about paranormal freaky. Okay. So other than that, um, so you guys Wednesday, you've got two special guests. And uh, much love, much respect to everybody. God bless you guys. We'll see you guys Wednesday. You got it.